wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to Auto Off Topic. Hello, Brad. Hello, Andrew. What's up? Um, not a whole heck of a lot. Yourself? Not too much. Not too much I at all. You, I hear just to keep us in the uh, in in the tradition of us. I hear you've been having some spectacular weather back there, back on the East Coast. It was until like two days ago, and now it's cold. Oh, because I hear it was like 70 in mid-November. So. It was for a while, but now it's cold. It's seasonal again. I'm sorry to hear that. RIP comfortable weather. That's right. It's uh, It's been in the 50s here, too, in the morning, so I feel you. Uh-huh. And it was like even 65 on the way home. Oh, no. I had the windows up on the car oh. the whole way home. It must have been so cold. I was freezing. I was uh, I was happy to be in a, a comfortable car with with climate control, so it was nice. I'm driving that Subaru. Yeah. So I have question slash confession to make. Okay. When was the last time you tried to sell a normal non enthusiast car? Um, Stephanie Subaru. So that was legitimately years ago and you wind up selling 2018 next to nothing to an enthusiast slash friend of the podcast yeah so but even I then i don't know how all i wanted for the car to the public was a thousand bucks and i was getting all these crazy emails about it yeah i don't understand how to sell a car anymore so i have this subaru okay book value on said subaru with the mileage is like seventy three hundred dollars right so I was like, all right, well, the front bumper's not painted. I don't know 100% the history of the car. So, you know, it probably should have a timing belt done, but I don't know, you know, enough about the car. I don't know the history of it. Maybe it was already done. It's got 130,000 miles on it. Maybe it wasn't. I looked at it. It looks fine. But if I, if I were to own the car and drive it forever, I'd want to do a timing belt. So I looked up, you know, what the cost is at like a Subaru specialist, not a Subaru dealer to do a time belt in the car. And it's like $550. Yeah, that's like, about right. right. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll knock that price off the car. I'll knock the front, the unpainted from upper off the car. And, you know, it's got a couple dings here and there, nothing major. But like, so I put it on the market for $5,800. Mm-hmm. I feel it's a fair deal for a car that books for over seven. I was under the impression that cars were, used cars were like hot on the market right now, right? Yeah. So I feel I'm being fair. I'm, I'm well under value. Uh, somebody can spend the 500 bucks and have the timing belt done. Everything else is fine. The car runs excellent. You know, I already did the stuff that needed to be done. The front brakes, you know, uh, Jordan and I took care of the front brakes. We took care of the axle. I took care of the best detailing I could do. Naomi took care of shampooing the seats. Like, it looks like a decent car. It's it's a 12-year-old Subaru. It's not. It's far from perfect, but far from bad as well. So... I was looking at where to sell a car, and Craigslist seems to be like a barren wasteland. It's mostly dealers just spamming the same cars over and over again, I noticed. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even bother listing it there. I listed it on Facebook Marketplace, and I was convinced to download the OfferUp app. Because everybody said, that's where you sell a car nowadays is OfferUp. So I've had the same identical offer come in from a couple different people. I've had obviously a couple of like, I'll give you a thousand dollars tonight, you know, sure. 
no, go away. But I had a couple people that they want to take the car for a day and drive it themselves to their mechanic to have their mechanic look at it. Now, I understand that people want to do PPIs. No, you, that... hear, you hear the word you hear the word PPI. People buying like a, a used car on like bring a trailer for sixty grand. You yeah, don't, you don't get to do a PPI on a five thousand dollar. You know, I don't want to say shitbox because they're trying to sell the car, but a five thousand dollar you know first car throwaway car. You don't get to do a PPI on that. No, there that's a scam. So the first person. Was like because really remember for it. remember what happened to um oh my gosh why am I blanking on his name Ethan Tufts mm-hmm. the person showed up to like buy his truck and just stole it yeah which is fine I insured it so please take it away yeah but no it's the first person that they're going back and forth with me and they tell me that it's their first car and they just want to make sure you know it's good and I'm like well I don't want you to take the car because. I honestly don't care if they steal it. Like, if they steal it, it's one less thing for me to worry about. The car's insured. Like, go ahead, steal the car. You could. I'm not saying you could that. Drive that to their mechanic and meet them there. Okay, this this is where we're getting it. Yeah. So, I'm like, listen, I you can't drive the car. You can't take the car for a day. I was like, I will meet you at a mechanic at a reasonable time, and we can go over the car. I won't even go over the car with your mechanic. He can do it on his own. I said, but I'm only going to do this if the mechanic's around the corner and it fits my schedule. Because I'm not going out of my way for you to maybe not buy my car. So the first person's like, all right, great, that works. Can you do it today at 3? And I'm like, I can't do it today at 3. I have to work till 5. Well, my mechanic's only open till 5. Well, find a different mechanic. Find a mechanic they can look at it on a Saturday. But they didn't want to do it. They wanted to bring it midday on a weekday. And I'm like, I can't. I cannot accommodate this request. I can bring it to the mechanic in the morning and have the mechanic look at it, but you cannot drive the car. I've never until I'm there. felt it was this difficult to sell cars before. It's And when I tell people, if you're this concerned about it, go finance a car. Go buy a new car. Yeah. yeah. So this is a $5,000 car. Go take your relax. five grand that you're going to pay cash and put it down and put finance down. the car. Yeah. So uh, it's on the market, 5800 bucks. It's our best offer. Like, somebody wants to offer me less, please offer me less. Like... So finally, after dealing with this person for like three days going back and forth and then not like being reasonable, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. Sorry. Have a nice day. Maybe five days later, I get another guy. Hey, I want to buy the car. I'm very interested, but I'm a mechanic to look at it first. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I'll play. I'll play ball. I'm driving the car. Not you're taking it for a day, which he also asked for. I said, and... Here's the cross streets where I live. I said, you know, it's uh, Bell Road in the 17. I said, that's where I am. Find a mechanic around there and we'll make it happen. If I got to drop it off in the morning before work and pick it up after work, that's fine. As long as the mechanic has the car and I can sign paperwork that he has the car and it's in his care, that's fine. I, I need, it needs to be legit. I don't want to go out of my way for you because this is a pain in the butt. So he comes back and he goes, all right, cool. Drop it off here. I have an appointment set up for tomorrow. And he sends me the address, and it's an hour away. Like, I'm not driving the car an hour each way for you to either A, decide you don't want to buy the car, or B, say, well, the mechanic said it needs this, 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 and this, so I'll give you $1,000. Like, I am not wasting two hours of my time to sell you a car. Like, this is not how life works. <laughs> this is not how you get to sell cars. Like, you're buying a cheap car, expect cheap car things. Like, I went through the car. I know it runs. I know the AC works, the heat works, the stereo works, the windows work, uh, the brakes work. It accelerates. It stops. It, there's no check engine lights. Everything runs great. Beyond that, you're buying a $5,000 car. Yeah, you might need to put rear shocks in it someday. Maybe it's time for a timing belt. Maybe you should do the spark plugs. I don't know. Buy the car and worry about that stuff in the end. That's why I priced it where I priced it. You know, I'm trying to be fair. I'm trying to sell a car to help somebody out that needs a first car or a cheap commuter, you know, and people are just being a pain in the butt. So I deleted it off of offer up because I'm just tired of dealing with people. So uh, it's on Facebook marketplace. That hasn't done anything. Uh, I might just go the old school way, hang a for sale sign on it and park it in the mall. Do you remember um, the, the best way the, my, the 
easiest way I ever sold a vehicle was the first gen Montero. Remember that? The guy mm-hmm. was like, he called me on the I phone. I went over it with him. He was like, all right. Because that was, was only like 2500 bucks or something for that truck. Sure. He's like, all right, if I give you full asking, will you drive it to me? <laughs> and we were like, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wasn't even home. It was really weird. He just had like a webcam yeah, on, on the hid, jar full of cash. <laughs> yeah, he hid 2500 bucks in a coffee can in the backyard with a webcam on it. And then I just left the title and the keys, and I never it's saw it again. Coffee can. Yeah, it was great. It was the best car selling experience ever. I think it, it went up for sale like a year and a half later somewhere else. It was still going strong. I don't, I don't know where it ended yeah, up now, I but. I wish that would happen. I feel like $2,500 when that transaction happened is the equivalent of $5,000 today anyway. So, it's so but weird. In a used car market. Like, just somebody buys a stupid car. Like, I'm not trying to be a pain about it. Like I'd rather not sell it to a friend because you know, God forbid it is something dumb with the car that I don't know because I haven't driven it, which is part of the reason that I don't know if I said it's on air or not, but I'm driving the car to and from work this week. Yeah. Uh, just to make sure it's fine. You know, I did find a little oil leak. I got to figure out the oil leaks coming from. There's nothing major. Um, the, the amount of oil shown on the dipstick is the same at the beginning and end of the trip. I just smell a little bit of, you know, burnt oil afterwards. I think it's probably, it's probably head gaskets. Not head gaskets. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to say that. No, um, valve cover no, do gaskets. Do not put that out. Do not no, put no, that no, out no. in the ether. Take it back. Take it back. I take it back. Yeah. It's valve cover gaskets. I almost guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> almost guarantee it. Which means I'm probably not going to fix it. And that'll be something that they can t- they can negotiate out of the price. And I'll tell them that it's leaking valve cover gaskets. Like, I literally on do a, not care. I just want to sell the car. On a single cam Subaru, it's actually very easy. Is it? But well, good. They, they can, can do it. they can That's negotiate I mean. the price out of me, and we can go from there. Or if I have the car too long, maybe I'll do it, and then you know what? Maybe the price will go up, and I'll keep the car until somebody buys it. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I'm super frustrated because you guys, you know, I say you guys, uh, the Discord chat, um, again, right? for like, was giving me no, 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 no. <laughs> let me let me rephrase this. The Discord chat was giving me a hard time. Because you were all like, yeah, $1,000 car, it's going to be a nightmare. And I was like, no, it's not. It's going to be a very easy car to fix. And guess what? It was a very easy car to fix. The car drives beautiful. Like, literally, beautiful car. You know, I just gave away my price that I'm in, I bought it for, but that's okay. I, I, I'm into it more than that. Nobody that listens to this show is buying it. That's true. Good. So, my, my total cash outlay of the car is, no. Um, I bought the car for $1,000. Uh, it needed some stuff. I did some stuff. I put some money into it. I'm into it for well over a thousand dollars. We'll say it's more than doubled, but it's still less than the value of the car. So I just need. I, I was like, this is going to be a great, great, quick flip. And everybody there was like, oh yeah, we heard this before. And then it's going to need a transmission and a rear diff, and it's going to need, you know, all the brakes and a steering column and all this dumb stuff. And it was just being, people being sarcastic and making fun of me for it. But I proved them all wrong because the car is great where they are correct is it is a pain in the ass. Cause now I can't sell a stupid thing because nobody's buying cars right now. Meanwhile, I'm looking at other cars that are on offer up and it's like, an, I was looking at one the other day. It's a 1999 Chevy Malibu with 190,000 miles on it for $5,500. It's marked as sold. Yeah. That's weird. I'm just, I'm and that may be mad. I was like, who bought that car versus my Subaru? So I'm just looking for advice on where to sell a car in the uh, 2022. I don't know. I can I can sell a. I know where you sell enthusiast stuff, but I don't know where you sell. Yeah, enthusiast stuff I can sell all day long, but normal cars I don't understand. It's like it's like people want to pay too much at a CarMax. They don't want to buy from private party anymore. Maybe it's easier. Make any sense? I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe I should sell it to CarMax. I um, (laughs) I know I get Q45, sixty-five hundred dollars. I'll trade you for a Subaru. No, thank you. Um, same value. Value for value, it's the same. Yeah. And think of how easy it would be to sell a Subaru in New England with winter impending. Yeah, I need to um, I need to take some fresh pictures of that. I think I'm going to try to put it on Haggerty Marketplace. Just let it sit on yeah, there. Yeah, might as well. With a, a Actually, they do auctions ad. on there now. They do, they but I think I'll... their auctions. Yeah, I know. But I'll just let it sit with a classified ad, I think. just. You want to run it on my site? We can run it on my site, too. We could do that as well. Yeah. It, You know how well it drives now, so... Yeah, in the car, the car drives great. I can personally chat about it. But if anybody if that listens looking, to it is interested in Q45, there's a there's a listener price. 
in a public I don't price. Understand. I don't understand why you just stole my thunder and trying to sell <laughs> my car. Well, I don't know. Anyway, so that's where I'm at. I still have the car. I'm driving it this week. Um, I just, I don't really understand how to sell cars. Actually, we have two cars in the market right now because we have your, uh, our family members, our unfortunately past family members, Kia for sale as well. Yeah. So not that this is the all cars for sale podcast, but somebody's looking for a, this is, this is the legitimate is that car 13? that I will stand behind. It is a 16? 16? 16. Yeah. It's a 16 Kia Forte sedan with like 72,000 miles on it. Yeah. Um, and that is also priced well under market value um, for a 70,000 mile Kia. So you know that, I know, I know that car is spectacular. So it's got a little, one little scuff in the front bumper, but it's a, it's perfect otherwise. So if anyone's looking for like a $13,000 car, that's the way to go. Yeah. I don't know. There's a weird limbo area, right? Of like, the thousand dollar car, which is like easy to buy for people, sure. And then you get past probably two thousand dollars, and then it's like a little too expensive. Then people have cash, yeah. Uh, so then they got to jump to uh, a thing you'd finance, which is new enough and expensive enough for a bank to finance it, right? Right. Which is the Kia. Yeah. You can finance this Kia. So I, I was actually joking at work today. I was like, I'm just going to park the car in the backyard under a cover and put a battery tender on it and put it back on the market when tax return season happens. Oh, the your so, Subaru? The Subaru, yeah. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, anyway. It's, it's just frustrating because everything that everybody said was going to be a problem wasn't a problem. But now trying to sell the car is the problem. And that's just yeah. weird. And again, I'm asking such a low dollar figure for the car. It's such it's so far under book value that you know that's a solid like thirty percent less than the book value of the car. <laughs> like just buy the damn car, please. So mm. I uh I did buy some for sale signs, I'll slap them in the window and just maybe I'll park it at Target and leave it there for a whole day or something. Whatever. Anyway, so that's where I'm at with that car. What else is I gonna talk about? I don't even know anymore. Now I'm all frustrated with that. Well, oh, good. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to talk about my Volkswagen a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do have updates. I forgot. Well, they did want to buff it, but I don't know if I want to let them do it. I think I'll just do it. <laughs> okay. Because I don't want them to touch the car anymore. I hear you. I just feel like it'll be worse. I mean, if they have a detail department, it probably would not be worse. If they have, if they have a new car detail department, that's going to be Maybe. They'd probably do a pretty good job. Maybe. Or I could just do it and never go back. There's also the the, the nuclear option exists as well, yes. Because I'll probably just start doing all my own maintenance on it because there's no point to going to the dealer because it's silly. Or even having the nice shop down the street do it because it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, as long as it's not a warranty covered issue, then yeah, screw it. Just take care of yourself. Because I was just, I was, I, I honestly was not changing oil on it myself to just save myself time. It was just a matter well, I, of... I, I had the same thought when I had my Volkswagen. I never changed the oil in it because I have other cars to work on. The Volkswagen was for driving. Exactly. So it was uh, a reliable daily. I don't think it was. it's unreasonable to expect it to just operate as a normal car. No, especially yours where it was a fairly low mile, fairly new car. Your issue should not be one that's a frustrating one. But um, looking into it more... My, I was talking to my dad about it because he's real interested in it because, you know, he's worked on engines forever. So we were, he found uh, some YouTube video from Diagnosis Dan. I don't know, it's like a German guy does videos. Okay. But he's working on a Seat that's got GDI. And um, it, he was talking about, this guy actually explained it well. There's different cycles the way a GDI engine runs. So it, and this is, I was right because one person told me he didn't know what I was talking about when I said startup like logic. And I feel validated because this guy explained it in the video. What I was, what I, what I felt was happening was actually a thing. Cause I didn't know, I didn't have the paperwork or the information to tell me how the gas direct injection works under cold start. 
but the way I was theorizing it worked is very similar to the way I thought it worked. It changes the point at which it fires fuel into the cylinder depending on engine temp. So okay. a normal fuel-injected engine, right, when it's cold, dumps a lot of fuel into it to keep it running. Which is just like a carburetor, you gotta you know you gotta choke off some of the air so you get more fuel, so it makes it more rich. Because when the engine's cold, it's hard to stay running. When the direct injection engine is cold, what they did for these, uh, it injects the fuel as the piston is almost at top dead center. So that way, it's pushed the air in the cylinder up and compressed it and heated the air and gives it a good ignition. So you can actually do cold start with less fuel because cold start okay. wastes a lot of fuel. Yeah, no, and that's what that's what the choke, you know, the old carburetor car pull up yeah. on fuel. And sure. it has basically a valve in the intake that closes that redirects air because they've designed the cylinder and the top of the piston in such a way that as the air goes over this valve and in past the vat in past the intake valve and into the cylinder it swirls and mixes the fuel mixture and i'm getting that misfire because there's pieces of carbon disturbing that air turbulence going into the cylinder on cold start hmm. that makes sense yeah that no, makes sense and it's interesting so when it's running hot and up to temp it injects fuel at basically bottom dead center so that the piston drives the fuel mixture, fuel and air mixture all the way up for compression. It makes more power that way. It's kind of interesting how they did that. Yeah, no, it, 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 it makes sense how it works. So now it also makes sense how it doesn't work. Yeah, there's no fuel washing down the back of the valves ever. So right. no amount Which of pour-in cleaner will do it. No amount of Italian tune-up will do it. Because that's the other thing, like owners groups are like, are you driving it hard? Like, uh, yeah, I do drive it hard sometimes when I can. Sure. But that's it. Doesn't. It also there's never any fuel washing down the back of the valve, so it doesn't. <laughs> there's never an expected moment in time where it's like, oh, we have to sell these customers only to customers who will drive them hard. Exactly. You know, like that's not how it works. So what's the fix? Oh, there is no fix. It just will carbon up, and you just have to do a service. Which I need to look in the owner's manual. I'm not sure if it even says it in the owner's manual that there's that this is a regular service. It seems crazy. I'm pretty salty about it, and everybody is probably sick of me talking about it. But I expected it to be at if, 60k. If people were sick of us being salty, they wouldn't listen to this show because we've been salty since day one. Because here's the thing: like your 944 requires a timing belt every 30k. Uh, the number's 40K. All right, that's kind of, all right, that's not too bad. But when yeah. it was new, it was 30K, right? Correct. That's kind of crazy. But it's like mm -hmm. a specialty sports car. So it's like. Yeah, it's 40,000 miles or every three years, even if it doesn't hit 40,000 miles or something like that. Yeah, and that's probably a $1,000 job, $1,500 job. That's about a $1,000 job to have somebody do it. It's yeah. a week, it's a. It's something that can be done in your own garage, and that's probably what will happen when it gets to that point. So, well, I can do a carbon blast in my own garage, apparently, you know, because people have 3D printed little things that go over the ports to hold the vacuum nozzle and the blower gun nozzle. Oh, that's cool. So you can just do it yourself. Honestly, I if I had known off the bat that that's what it was, I probably would have and figured and found out how much it was. I would have just done it myself. But the car was there for warranty repair. It was already a part. And I was like, fine, just fix it. Because I figured... Thank you, Zora, for crashing around the basement here. <laughs> um, if I wasn't like annoyed at them, because I was like, you know what? If this doesn't fix it, then they own it. And they can keep chasing it down. Right. Yeah, of course. That's where my That's where my thought was with having them do it. Because it would be really annoying if I went through the trouble of doing it and then it didn't fix it and I had to go back to them. Because that just complicates it. But luckily, it fixed it. So I'm just annoyed. Uh, I guess there is a thing like uh, there's a company that has a good setup for a can of basically fogger 
that you put in. You pull the map sensor, plug it in there, let it run. And you can do this as like a preventative maintenance to try to <laughs> mitigate. Your cats make all kinds of noise. I know. You? Get out of here. <laughs> Go away. So what the fogger does, does that just put like some kind of film on the valves so they don't? No, evolve? it's it's detergent. It's like. Okay, it cleans it. It's like, you know, say you do it every other oil change, so that's like 10,000 miles. It's 10,000 miles worth of detergent gasoline in a can. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense, too. So if I do that every other oil change, it should keep it at bay. And then if I get a knock sensor or a, a misfire code again, then I'll be like, all right, time for a walnut blast, and I'll buy the stuff and do it. Okay, so it's not the end of the world. It's just additional maintenance. It's an extra, I mean, you know, oil's like 60 bucks for good oil. This can of the spray stuff's like 30 bucks, so whatever. Yeah, still less $100 in materials, I'll just do it. It's myself. still less than going to the dealer and having an oil change. Yeah, it's about the same. Yeah. So I'll just do I it myself. My, my Volkswagen was about 100 bucks to the dealer to do an oil change, so. It's just like it's just another it's just a time suck. It's like one other it's like one more car I have to think about taking care of that I was sure. trying not to think about taking care of other than well, the good doing the normal things drive, that you do to take care of a new car. You don't drive most of the other cars anyway, so you don't have to worry about it. No, unfortunately I don't because I have to drive yeah. this one most of the time. Yeah. But unfortunate reality of time right now. But, but it's I mean, it's not it's not a big deal. At least it's not a, a two or three thousand mile oil change every five thousand miles. Usually, you don't drive the car more than 5,000 miles in six months anyway. So, no, I do about 10,000 miles a year. Yeah. So, that makes sense. And even if you do every other oil change at, you know, uh, Audubon, then you're still only doing it once a year. I mean, it needed. Or or have them do the oil change and you do this. Yeah, I could do this before it shows. I, I, I would probably do this before I change the oil. That way, if any Correct. carbon junk gets into the oil, it gets changed out. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't. Every time I come down here, <laughs> this is a particularly loud episode. Normally, normally she's pretty quiet, but today she's uh, she's a little upset. It seems been sleeping all day. Comes down to terrorize me while I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, well, that's what cats do. Anyway, um, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say about the car, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's whatever. It's just, it, cause that's the other annoying thing, uh, about buying, selling cars. I'd have to either sell it and then I have to buy another car. There's no other good cars to replace it with. Sure. The good news is you're in a pretty good place with that car because you did buy the Great Falls Green, the brown interior and the manual transmission. So that is and like no panel a, roof. <laughs> yeah. That is a car of the internet that if you went back to like, cars and bids where you were before i know you were salty about the last experience there but that's the kind of i think that's the place you'd make the most money on that car and you'd probably actually break even or make money from what you spent on a brand new still today a modified one with like 70k sold in march for like 22 grand yeah exactly so i I think you do fine i'll just end up keeping it uh and then i was like well what's a tune (laughs) right because now no warranty who cares I mean, basically, if they're not going to cover anything, what? If I'm just on the hook for it, anyways, might as well have fun with it. Project Car Volkswagen. Uh oh. Honestly, a, a stage one tune is like, it's just WRX power. It's 220. It, it bumps it from 170 to 225. The problem is, Andrew, you're in a Volkswagen now. Stage one is airbags and rotiforms. Oh, right. So, you have sorry. To skip over. Yeah. Skip I do have OZs back. already. Nope. Airbags and rotiforms. You're breaking the rules. I can't run static. I thought I was supposed to run static. Uh, I don't know. I've What's the Raceland coil? Either. What's the cheapest coil over I can get for it on Amazon? Uh, Raceland is probably it, yes. Yeah. I want it to ride pro- so hard and so miserable. It'll be like being in my Corolla wagon. Yeah. Let's take a perfectly good car and just make it miserable. Like my Corolla wagon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, it's, it's not good. It's not good. It's good charm. Wait, what year is your car? <laughs> it's 2019. 2019? Okay. It's the last year. Stop making them. 
just, uh, we're out of curiosity here. We're going to see what you can buy this coil. It was all, I also just got a letter from Volkswagen that there's some like extended warranty on a fuel pump to like 150,000 miles. Actually, you could buy legitimate H&R coilovers for $1,400. Oh, there's a ton of nice parts they make for, for Mark 7s. Yeah. Like a lot of nice stuff. Yeah. That's... There's like nice exhaust. There's nice intakes for these things. That's the only thing. I would probably do an intake just so I could hear the turbo. Yeah, that's really, that's really cheap for like legitimate stuff. But I could also just leave it because it rides fine and the ride height is nice for being in the city. Uh, you need FAPO coilovers. I don't know what those are. Uh, they're $250 for a set of four. Weird. How, how bad could they be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably they're bad. not going to be good. We'll put it that way. They're F-A- FAPO, FAPO. All right. Speaking of other uh, annoying German vehicles, I don't know why we bought German vehicles. Oh, we like our access power automobiles. I always yes. have. Always will. Your uh, Porsche brake job. Yeah. So this is another salty Brad moment. Starions. I've owned them. I love them. They suck to get parts for, right? Yeah. Porsche 944. Oh, super easy to get parts for. Everybody has these cars. There's aftermarket support everywhere. No issues at all. Turns out, might as well have bought another Starion. <laughs> there are no brake calipers in the world for these cars. Weird. None. There is one particular company, this name I do not remember, that would rebuild them for me. But the cost to have this Porsche specialist rebuild my brakes is like a quarter of what I spent on the car. So that's also not happening. It was a ridiculous number. Like, it didn't even make sense. I was like, are you forging these from metal that you have to actually, like, scavenge first? Like, how are we making these parts for this much money? So I found rebuild kits, and I ordered rebuild kits, and I waited for rebuild kits, and four days later got a cancellation notice saying, rebuild kits are not available for this application. So I just scrambled to find more rebuild kits. Uh, my rebuild kits were coming from FCP Euro, actually had them, I think. I ordered them from FCP Euro. They shipped them Thursday, and they're here. I had ordered the rest of the brake kit from a, a local Arizona supplier. That is a German car specialist which is the pads and the calipers for the front and the uh, wear pad, the pad sensors. Cause he's got these, this car has uh, wear indicators on it. Yeah. FCP Euro didn't have these. FCP Euro did have these, but they didn't have the rotors that I wanted oh. or the pads that I wanted. Oh. So I initially made the whole order from this shop in Arizona That's who okay. I've dealt with before. Because you can warranty everything through FCP Euro. I'm not going to own the car long enough to go through a set of front brakes. So I'm not worried about it. Probably not. Um, but anyway, they didn't have the parts I wanted anyway. My, my first stop was FCP Euro. If FCP Euro had everything, I was going to order from FCP Euro because I do like them. They didn't have everything I needed. So I went to this Arizona parts supplier, which is a German car parts supplier here, because they had everything in one order. It was reasonably priced, so I ordered it all. Then they canceled my um, caliper rebuild kits. So I wound up buying those for FCP Euro. Those were here in two days for $9 in shipping. I paid $9.99 in shipping for all the parts from Arizona four days before this, and they're still not here. My plan was to do the brake job on the car this weekend because the plan is to take the car to LA next weekend for Radwood. But as of this recording, which is Monday night, the 14th, I don't have brake parts to my brake job. It's not imperative that I do the brakes. The car is drivable, so I could probably still go. But the problem is, is that one of the calipers is hanging up. It eventually loosens, but it is hanging up and it dusts the wheel pretty bad and the pads are wearing out and the rotors are warped from the pad being hung up. 
So at certain speeds, you know, it's a pretty nasty shake in the front of the car. So it's annoying and I want to fix it, but I can't fix it because I don't have parts. So I'm sitting here like twiddling my thumbs, waiting for parts. The car is legitimately on the front yard, jacked up in the air, ready to go. And uh, it's just not happening yet. So, so there we go. So the car does not have brakes done. Um, I do have all the stuff that I did get from FCP Euro, the oil change and the belt, because do you remember what you said was going to happen to my belt? Yeah, eventually if you squeal them a bunch, they just glaze over and they never not squeal again. Yeah, well, it just randomly in the middle of a drive home from work a couple weeks ago started squealing. Yeah. So, and it won't stop anymore. It's a V-belt. They're AC's horrible. on, AC's off. Yeah, it's it's just squeal, squeal, squeal. So I did buy another belt for it. So I have that to do, which is not a big deal. I just wanted my brake parts. So worst case scenario, the car will have a fresh oil change and a fresh belt for the trip, but will not have brakes. So we will have brakes, just not new brakes. So that's it's frustrating. I, I thought that this car would be a lot easier to get parts for just because of the nature of the car. And everything else has been. I don't understand why brakes are such a problem. I don't know. Is it because 2022? Is it just parts supply issue? I thought or the car was a... Or- parts bin car that the caliper it wasn't is. used on anything else uh it is it's an audi caliper weird but it's but it's an 80s audi caliper so it's not anything anybody stocks anymore it's a it's a very parts bin car the brakes are the same as i think like an audi uh like coupe or audi 4000 in the front i know but also there's like a million 944s Right. That's why I thought parts are going to be fine. Like the, the control arms in the front are literally Volkswagen rabbit parts, like super easy to get this stuff. Ball joints and control arms are all rabbit. Like it doesn't make any sense that I can get brakes for it either. So, I mean, it, let me full disclosure. If I wanted to go whole hog and like do a custom, you know, brake kit with multi-piece rotors and custom calipers, like a big brake kit, I could buy a big brake kit off the shelf. They're it's all really stock Volvo calipers. I don't even, I, I didn't cry crossing them. I only crossed them with a reference that was readily available on like the Rock Auto website. I didn't cross their crossing part numbers. But unless I, uh, yeah, if I wanted to, if I wanted to hot rod it and do big breaks, I could do that and, you know, spend $1,200 on a break job. But I wasn't looking to do that. I just wanted to fix the calipers and be on my way. <laughs> so unfortunately, I'm not there, but uh, hopefully, I mean, I have to leave on Friday, so that gives me, if the parts come by tomorrow, fingers crossed, then I have at least two nights to get the brake job done. So, hopefully. It's just frustrating. I'm trying to be proactive, and I can't be, you know? Yeah. I ordered parts for the struts and the Crosstrek, and some of them weren't available in the U.S., and then some of the stuff I tried to get from overseas because it was cheaper was not available. So I had to split the order basically. And the stuff from like Japan ended up getting here a day before the stuff from the dealer. Okay. That's yeah. crazy. But like upper strut mounts, which are all rusty uh, because the cap lets water in. And the new cap is just basically like, um, I don't know the best way to describe it. The, the new cap is like a beret hat. And then the, the new cap is like a big sun hat with a wide brim. <laughs> That's like how the water doesn't get in. <laughs> it's really weird. That's weird. I, I'll have to take a picture of them. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I can't picture it. It's, um, and those were like, each top hat, so it doesn't even have the bearing in it. It's just the metal top plate was okay. $75 online from the dealers. So that's even cheaper than what it would be if you showed up and tried to buy it over the counter. Okay. From Megazip coming out of Japan, they were $35 each. Including shipping? Yeah, the shipping's like 30 bucks. But I ordered like some other rubber parts. I ended up just doing what I did with the Q45. I'm like, well, let me keep this car for a while. So I might as well just do the spring rubbers 
and the bearings. And so the struts will basically be, and the, and the bump stops, I'm like, the struts will be brand new with brand new rubbers. Yeah, it makes sense. Only the springs are going to be the original springs. So yeah, that makes sense. You know, even, and then with the money I saved by not buying like an OEM strut from the dealer was like two fifty a piece for an OEM strut. So basically, the money the money I saved by buying Bilstein's B sixes I put towards other parts to just refresh the whole shock. So it'll be it'll be better than a brand new car. Yeah, when I can get the right shock in, the right hand side front. That's on That's back on order. order. <laughs> Just that one. Interesting. Hopefully so. that comes in soon. Uh, it the, the car doesn't need them. Like, but it should be due at 50k. And the and the top part's all rotted, so I'm like, why am I gonna reuse any of that and clean it up when I could just replace it? Yeah. It makes it easier at that point. Exactly. Plus you can prevent you can now that you know what happens, even though the new parts are supposed to be better. You can coat it with some kind of, you know, oily substance to keep it from rusting. Exactly. So it'll be, it'll be better off. I like it. So very cool. Yeah, I wish I had more updates. I don't. I've been driving the Eclipse a bunch, and that's been running great. So that's uh, all well and good there. Finally, but no other, uh, no other real updates. I will yeah. say. I dealt with a dealership again because I was trying to buy a part for another another family member's Hyundai. And I call the dealer and he gets back on the phone and he finds the part. He goes, All right, what's the phone number of your account? I was like, Well, I don't have a, a shop. I'm just calling as a you know, a, you know, just a customer. And he's like, Oh, let me see what I can do in the price for you then. And then he put me on hold and came back like two minutes later. And the price was double what it is online. So I think I got the shaft by saying I wasn't the shop. I should have just asked for the price first. <laughs> That's also so ridiculous too. It's like... Yeah, but then I wasn't even going to ask him for a part number. I was like, whatever, I need it. I'll just buy it. Because this car is going on a road trip like in a day or two and I need the part. He's like, do you want the part number? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, I mean, so he gave, he, he gave me the part number. I put it on Amazon and I found the OEM part in a Kia box with the same part number for $110 versus 220 Yeah, because smart dealers have an eBay store or they have an Amazon account. Sure. And they just throw up like common parts. What part yep. was it? So this is a 2016 Hyundai Sonata. Yeah. It belongs to Naomi's daughter, Courtney. Driving on the highway the other day, she a car cut her off. So when the car cut her off, she came off the throttle. And then she changed lanes to go around it, and she stabbed the gas again, and the car just fell flat in its face. Oh, that's a great feeling. And I was like, that's not, that's not cool. But it did, thankfully, because it's not a 1993 Mitsubishi Eclipse. It did throw a check engine light, and I was All able right. to scan. Yeah, she got here. She's like... Well, this is what happened. I was like, well, is the check engine light on? She goes, yes. I was like, all right, well, pull it in the driveway and we'll, we'll scan it and figure out what it is. So it was a P2004 and P2006 code, which apparently are the same code. It's a intake manifold runner control motor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's got so a variable intake runners. Yeah. It's got variable intake runners. For Butterfly for, valves in there. Yep. So it's for emissions and for efficiency. Yep. Uh, but what happened was obviously she came off the throttle quickly when the car cut her off. So they probably closed and, and then pop the they, linkage um, off. I don't know if no, cause it works. It works. If you roll into the gas, like lightly, it's uh-huh. when you ask it to do more than more than 50% throttle quickly. It, uh, it doesn't work and it snaps the check engine light on. So I looked it up. It's a pretty common failure. So not a big deal. I, uh, I ordered the, ordered the part from Amazon. I'll be here tomorrow. It looks like it's fairly easy to swap. It's on the outside of the intake manifold. It's not like under the intake manifold. Hmm. So hopefully it's uh doesn't hopefully it is easy to swap, but we'll find out tomorrow. So it's also another thing, like I have to fix the Porsche brakes, but I have to fix that too. So like what am I gonna do if I stupid Porsche brakes? So but yeah, that was that was an annoying thing, but it again it's it's 
I love OBD2. I wish I liked new cars more because, man, knowing what's wrong in like 30 seconds is the way. Yeah, or at least in a direction to go. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it didn't necessarily give me the exact thing for when the WRX was doing it. It just was like an EVAP code, but... Yeah, EVAP stuff's always still... Gave me the history. system to look at. Actually, this this is going to be the Hyundai episode because we took Naomi's car, who also drives a Sonata. It's a 2011, which she's owned since 2011, and it's got 240,000 miles on it now. A little over, maybe. It's a great car. It never gives us any problems. And anytime it does give us problems, Hyundai still warranties everything. So we've got... The way it works here in Arizona, it's county by county for emissions. And we live in the most populous county, uh, Maricopa County, where Phoenix is. So because it's the most populous county, we obviously have emissions. And we took the car for emissions this week, and the guy's like, well, it failed. And we're like, of course it failed. Like, we're trying to buy this new Maverick. We're trying to limit this thing along at least till we get the new Maverick. Like, what's happening? Why is it failing? And he goes, you need a new fuel cap. And we're like, Okay. Okay. Whatever. So he goes, I happen to have them here. Do you want me just to put it on? And she's like, I was in the emissions line. And I'm like, sure. And then after I said, sure, I'm like, how much is this going to cost me to get this done by the emissions place? He comes back, he puts a new one on, and he goes, all right, you're all set. And she's like, well, how, what did that cost? And he's like, no, you're all set. It's just part of the part of the program. What? Okay. So they did announce a program here where the the county will pay up to a certain dollar fee to help citizens keep their cars running clean. Oh, which weird. to me is a much better use of tax dollars than incentivizing buying new cars, keeping the ones that are on the road running clean, right? Because then you don't get your customers that can't afford new cars into a car payment. And you keep the cars that are existing running cleaner. So my only assumption is that they have a certain threshold of price that they can just do right there inside the emission station. Or if it's something simple. Or they're or, buying gas caps in bulk at 10 cents a piece and charging the state 20 bucks. And then he didn't so even put a gas cap on. That was, well, he definitely <laughs> put a gas cap on it because the old one had a tether and the new one does not. That's annoying. But. That was my thought as well. I was like, they're probably putting a gas cap on it, and it's like a $900 credit. They're probably charging 900 bucks on every car. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, she quickly reminded me that the emission stations here are not gas stations. They're run by the state. Oh. So it's not, it's not anybody making a profit on this part unless... Listen, it's government-run. I'm sure there's corruption somewhere here, but... <laughs> It's not it's not a privatized thing here. It's it's literally you go to a county emissions station and huh. they check your emissions and then you can register your car. So that's that's the main reason we have temp tags in Arizona is because in order to get a car registered, it needs to pass emissions first. Whereas in Massachusetts, you register the car and then you have a certain amount of time in which to get your inspection sticker. It's the other way around here. You have to get the inspection done first and then register the car. So you can get a <laughs> one day or three day or 30 day, excuse me, one day, three day or 30 day temp tag in which to get your emissions. So what that does, however, is you'll see cars that have, you know, a stack of 30 day temp tags somehow. You're not supposed to be able to do that, but they do it anyway. But nonetheless, that's how it works here. So it's a state run emission station. And then they're the ones, the state run emission station, not a repair shop. They don't have parts on the shelves here. All they have is, a giant rack of gas caps. Weird. So there has to be some kind of racket going on, and I just don't know what it is. I need to figure it out. <laughs> but nonetheless, the car, she's owned the car now for 11 years and 240,000 miles, and it's the first time it was the original gas cap until now. So I guess we'll let it slide, right? Yeah. But that got me thinking, what's going to happen with these new cars that don't have gas caps? Are they going to need whole new filler necks? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, I rented that Ford Explorer and it didn't have a gas cap. It just has the, like, quick fill or whatever they call it. Yeah, why don't... I don't... Yeah. Why? Because people are losing them? Like, let's eliminate the gas cap? It's a weird thing. I don't know. They probably figured out a way to make it 
cheaper by not adding another part. You know? Yeah. It's save 30 cents per car. It adds up over a million cars, right? I guess so. So anyway, that's uh that's the unexciting car projects we've done this week. It sure cars. is. So got a couple minutes, wanna get into the funny drama? Go for it. So people that listen to this podcast have heard our friend and former guest uh, who goes by the internet nomer of Jalabi Jeff. Yep. Posted a video at SEMA of an EV side-by-side, quote, on fire, end quote, and posted it to the internet. And it went a little bit viral. It was reposted by a bunch of people because he was there and he posted it first. Another friend of the podcast that Andrew and I went actually went to high school with, Mr. Rich Rebuilds from the YouTube, had happened to build this side-by-side that, quote, cut on fire, end quote. He made a video today in which he mentions Jalopy Jeff many times yeah. because he used all of Jeff's footage to show the fire, quote unquote, on the EV side by side. I don't know if it's going to be as funny for everybody as it was for Andrew and I, but the fact of the matter is that we know both parties involved from completely different walks of our lives. Like we know Rich from the nineties in high school and we know Jeff from like the past year or so living here in Phoenix. So the fact that these two people wound up together in the same video absolutely blew my mind because there was no setting this up in any way, shape or form. Jeff has a pretty big following on TikTok, not nearly as big of a following on YouTube, but we all know Rich Rebuilds has millions of YouTube subscribers. And like he puts a video up and it gets, you know, 50,000 views in three or four hours. So I thought, because you said you had met Rich at SEMA and talked to him. I thought I talked to him. I thought he knew who Jeff was. He did not. It was totally random. So when I was talking to Rich at SEMA, Jeff wasn't there. He was off doing something else. So it just happened to be that this this all came into the ether without there being any kind of mix at all. And Rich is ruthless in this video in giving Jeff a hard time for taking a video instead of helping push the side by side to safety or going for help. That being said, we, we know Rich is not being 100% serious because in the video, you can clearly see that there are six people pushing this thing outside. So it's definitely done in jest, we'll, we'll say, but in in typical to, to coin a not to coin, but to, to go back to a term from earlier in the podcast, in typical salty New Englander fashion, he's just roasting Jeff the entire time, and it's a twenty minute video, and I would say a solid six or seven minutes of it are just roasting Jeff for not helping with it. And yeah, the only thing it, got, it, that got burned was Jeff. Yeah, exactly. It it may be misdirected, but it's humorous and Jeff is taking it in stride because at the end of the day, you know what they say, right? All any press is good press. So the fact that I would been, I've been following Jeff's numbers on this particular EV quote fire end quote video and this morning it was at like 2000 views and it's already at like 5000 views now. And the comment thread is ridiculous. Just people just now all also roasting Jeff because they're all fans of <laughs> of Rich. And I just I can't even handle the the amount of ridiculousness this has just caused in my in my brain because just the connection between these two people is something that you never would have thought would happen in this way. And here yeah. it is. Jeff. So, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch the video. It's watch Jeff's video first. And Jeff is just, you know, Jeff's video style is he videos something and he riffs on it. You know, it's doesn't help people. <laughs> doesn't help. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff takes, takes his, his phone and he, you know, does the video down the side of a car or something. And he riffs on it. He talks about it. You know, he does try to learn as much about it as he can in the time he does. But listen, he's a TikToker who has a YouTube channel. So TikTok times is of big trouble, bang, boom, right? You know, look for the helpers. Don't look for Jeff. Don't, don't look for Jeff. Yeah. 
Jeff won't help you. <laughs> Jeff, not the hero we need, the hero we couldn't have. So anyway, uh, obviously, Jeff, this is all in good fun from us as well, because I, while I didn't upload a video of the car burning and me not doing anything, I was standing right next to Jeff the entire time this was going on. So I'm equally as guilty of not helping. Yes. Why did you help? So to play devil's advocate, there were six people already pushing. The security guards were already trying to get the overhead doors open to roll it up outside. I'm pretty sure if anybody else got involved, we would have just been in the way, to be totally honest. But that doesn't make for good comedy. And what Rich did made for great comedy. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's very fun. And uh, I think that if you're a watcher of Rich Rebuilds, you've probably already seen it. Or if you're a watcher of Jeff's videos, give it a watch. It's, it is, it's, it, listen, Jeff, it's notoriety, right? You have tons of things coming to your channel now. I think that, you know, your response should be swift, but should be well thought out. And uh, we'll see, we'll see where this goes down. Maybe it could get you a guest appearance on Rich's channel. You know, maybe we could really get you up there. Maybe, maybe you can go to Rich's place and he can show you how to handle a, a EV on fire. <laughs> so I'm sure we can make it happen, right? But nonetheless, go watch these two videos. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, it, it might not be as funny to people who don't know both parties, but it's just the irony of both of them winding up together on one of their videos without any kind of, you know, we didn't do, we didn't make that happen. It just happened. <laughs> we just happened to know both parties and it happened. It's just so random. That's the small world of, of, uh, automotive YouTubers, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's quite good and rich in typical rich fashion fashion. You know, he does his commercials mid mid video and even his commercials call out Jeff. <laughs> so it's pretty good. But anyway, I think that's all we have for today's episode. We're going to uh, end it there on a uh, high note for us, low note for Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> all right. So as always, find us at uh, Off Top of Podcast on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, Race and Anger. Uh, I'm also on Twitter until it uh, burns down, apparently. Are you verified? I won't uh, look for Jeff for help. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, what? Um, where can I find you, Brad? Are you verified on Twitter, Andrew? Did you pay for your blue dot? I did not. Change your account to somebody famous and then make fake posts? Oh, the bring a trail, like trawler? Account. Yes. It's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the best one was the LS one. It was like yeah. the the simple V8 you can swap into anything and add fifty thousand dollars to its asking price. Yeah, <laughs> um, they can find me on Instagram at tsiss three five zero. I never officially made it to, to Twitter. I'm not going to try now. Uh, you can say that I successfully avoided it from the get from the get go because I knew it was coming. So you can find me on Instagram mostly, uh, but also. If you're still here for this end of podcast ads, you can find us on Discord. Yep. Send either of us a link to our Instagrams or Andrew's Twitter or the podcast Twitter or the podcast email, which is autoptopic at gmail.com. Probably tell us you sent that though, because we sometimes miss that one. Anyway, yeah. send us a send us a request for a link to our Discord. We can get you in there. We got a solid 30 people in there now, just kind of chit-chatting all day about funny car stuff or Today we went off the rails a little bit talking about uh, chairs and lamps. So you never know what you're going to get. But you know what you're not going to get? You're not going to get politics. You're not going to get religion. You're not going to get anything that's divisive. It's all just fun car stuff. So Divisive car fun. stuff. There's definitely, there's definitely some divisive car stuff. Actually, the biggest divisive argument on there since day one, and it comes about every now and again, over and over again, is uh, Moxie. Yay or nay. So yeah. Andrew's on Team Yay. It's good. So, which is not actually team. Yay means you're on team Kanye now. So you're not on team. Yay. You're on team. Yes. To Moxie. I'm on team. I haven't had it since I was about 10 and didn't like it then. So I don't know. Uh, I'll have to try again at some point when I'm having not much other sugar that day. So we'll figure it out. But anyway, yeah. Join us on discord. Follow us on the Instagrams. Also follow us on scale autocast on Instagram. Haven't posted in a while, but we do have some content ready to go. 
I do have content through my work that is also available for watching now. There's one YouTube video featuring me on the Auto Hunter YouTube channel. Also, actually also featuring Jalavi Jeff. There's a bunch more coming on the Auto Hunter channel and the ClassicCars.com. So Classic Car Cinema and Auto Hunter, no, sorry, Classic Car TV and Auto Hunter Cinema channels. And I have a print article or an online print article with some of my photos and writing on the Classic Cars Journal. That's journal.classiccars.com. So lots of stuff to push this week, I guess, huh? Yeah, so go follow all those things like Jalopy Jeff follows a burning car out of a building. (laughs) All right, keep cars analog and aim for the roses.